Blog Talk Radio. We have a lot to talk to you about today. We're going to be talking about in our new and uh, and returning, I should say, unsportsmanlike conduct section. We'll be talking about things that kind of irked us this week. Ryan will be hitting, touching on Jim Ursay. I'll be talking about A.J. Green and Mike Evans. I'm sure you saw what happened last week with those two guys. We're going to be talking about some of the new trades and some of the new teams in which they're on, including Jimmy Garoppolo and Kelvin Benjamin and some others. And we'll be talking a little bit about fantasy football, a little bit of a mid-season fantasy football bust. We give you all the ones that we thought were MVPs last time. This time, we're going to tell you about the guys who kind of ruined our seasons from the draft. All those fantasy football busts coming up. And, of course, we have a couple other things at the end here, including some DFS plays from DraftKings and FanDuel. to help you out with your DFS coming up in week 10. And then last and not least, uh, a couple of predictions for some of the people that we'll be uh, thinking about getting to the playoffs from each of the divisions um, coming up at the end of the year. So, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and start this off and let's get rolling. So, first thing is I want to start with a little bit about some of the stuff that's been going on on the field that's not really on-field worthy, and that's including stuff that's been going on with A.J. Green and Mike Evans. Um, But I know that Ryan has a few things he wants to talk about, including uh, Jim Ursay. And as we, of course, Ryan, how you doing? I am great. How about you, Hakun? (laughs) Doing terrific. I I, I was almost about to panic there. As I hit the red button that normally puts you into the show, it starts spinning. And I was like, all right, here we go again. But we made it. We made it out of the show. <laughs> all right. I just introduced the Unsportsmanlike Conduct segment. And Ryan, I know you have some stuff to say, a bone to pick with Jim Ursay. You know, <laughs> if, there, if there was a better, you know, we all talk about what a dumpster fire Cleveland has been um, for the better, you know, for the last 20 years here. Can you imagine what a dumpster fire the Indianapolis Colts would have been the last 30 years if they hadn't fallen ass backwards into Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck? Um, <laughs> no, you know, you. talk about a joke of an organization. This pillhead, this pillhead talking about something being in somebody's all in somebody's head. Um, so if you're not sure what I'm referring to, um, he was doing some interview or uh, might have been in game or something. I forget what, what it was exactly, but basically. Um, a live mic picked up Jim Ursay claiming that Andrew Luck's injury was all in his head. Um, hey, uh, Jim Ursay, let me take a stab at this, if you could sit down for a second. Um, maybe it was the, the – oh, 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 we almost dropped the nest bomb on the air here. Uh, maybe it was the crap bag <laughs> GM that you let sit around for six years who still hasn't drafted a good offensive lineman. Um, Maybe it was the fact that your offensive game plan brought in by uh, offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator with this bum of a head coach continues to put him in seven-step dropbacks 
and that the only receivers you guys ever dra- uh, draft are guys who can only beat people on fly routes. Maybe that's what it is, actually. Maybe it's not just in his head. Maybe this guy basically signed up in the NFL to get the piss beaten out of him for the last six years. What a joke. Shut your mouth. Go do more pills. What an idiot he is. Talk about the lucky sperm club, too. Like, like, like he's ever done a damn thing in his life but be <laughs> born rich. And then, and then he's going to come out here and chastise the only, well, T.Y., the one of two good players you have on your entire team. And you're going to say that about him. God, do I hope he plays out the string. I hope he comes back healthy. And I hope Andrew Luck pulls an unprecedented move because you never see franchise quarterbacks leave. I hope he waits it out and he flips the bird right in Ursay's face and that organization go in the dumps right where they belong. How's it worked out since the plate gate, Indy? Way to rat. <laughs> so, so, uh, so all you guys who uh, aren't familiar with what exactly happened, it is actually very interesting. What happened was Tony Dungy was a guest on a Dan Patrick show on Tuesday, and during a commercial cut-in, Dungy, who apparently did not know he was back on air, told Dan Patrick that Ursay recently said that he believes what's holding Luck back from returning to the field is more mental. And his exact words were, I don't know what's going on there. Jim Ursay made a comment to me about six weeks ago, it's inside his head now. Dan Patrick said, wait, it's inside Luck's head? And he said, yeah, Ursay said that when I was out in Indianapolis for Peyton's ceremony. And uh, Patrick said, wow, I really wonder if Luck's future is in Indianapolis. I really do. And Dungy said they obviously believed Luck would be back in week one because they did nothing to prepare him not being there. So what's interesting is that Ursay said that actually in private to Tony Dungy, but he should have never said it, right? I mean, we all agree with that. The one thing that I think is interesting, though, is that he didn't say all. He just said it was in his head. Uh, I'm not going to give Ursay any more credit than he deserves. I'm sure he probably at that point meant all. But the fact of the matter is that I'm sure some portion of it is in Andrew's luck head, in, in, in his head, but it's clearly physical. I mean, the doctors have, have already looked at it. It's clearly physical. It's clearly a setback. It's clearly an issue. So whatever it is, you know, it should never happen. I totally agree. Ursay, totally wrong here on this one. Um, I actually was just starting to talk about A.J. Green and Mike Evans. And for those of you who didn't see that, A.J. Green actually kind of retaliated after Jalen Ramsey told him that, quote, he was soft and weak, and he said uh, in, his, uh, in his interview after the fact, this is what Ramsey said after the fact, which is true, I was out there just spitting back. Okay, so A.J. Green, who is typically mild-mannered, body-slammed Ramsey, started punching him, and when he was interviewed about it, he said, the ref came to me on the sideline and said, the next time he puts his hands in your face, we're going to call it. I let it slide a couple plays of football, Things get a little rough out there, so I didn't mind that. But when you're trying to take a sheep shot at me when I'm not looking and stuff like that, that's when I got to defend myself. I, I don't really get that because I didn't really see the cheap shot, but apparently A.J. Green felt he was being attacked, and he went hog wild. So what that resulted in was both of them being ejected in the first quarter, but neither of them were suspended in Week 10. Flip over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Oakland Raiders. Mike Evans did something that I thought was <laughs> particularly questionable. Jameis Winston who wasn't playing at the time, apparently pushed Raiders corner Marshawn Lattimore in the back of his helmet while, while appearing to gesture that he should go back to the sideline. Lattimore turned around and shoved Winston in the chest, and then Mike Evans just flew out of nowhere and essentially tackled him and then jumped on him when he hit the ground, uh, and another Saints player came to tackle Evans to take him off. Now, they were not ejected. Evans was suspended for Week 10. He'll be eligible to return in, on November 13th. His one-game suspension is going to cost him, based on his salary, about $40,000. So 
he later on said he sincerely apologized for his actions and, uh, and that he was just protecting his quarterback. And Winston also apologized for being an instigator. Wow. You know, all I can say is for both those guys, you're better than this. This is a professional sport. You are a team. You're part of a team. You got to think of your team first. You're not helping your team by getting into fights and being just completely uh, and going flying off the handle like that. You got to control your emotions. I know it's tough, but you got to control your emotions. You got to play within the rules, and you can't do stuff like that. I mean, had A.J. Green been suspended, not like the Bengals are going anywhere, he's going to hurt his team. Mike Evans being suspended, he's going to hurt his team. And that doesn't mean, I mean, you know, Sure, stand up to things, that's fine, but you know, you don't do that stuff on the field. That's just wrong. You can't be doing those things. And honestly, this is uh this is a job. And if I go around leveling people at my job, I'm pretty sure that's not gonna help my team either. What are your thoughts on, on Green and, and Evans and that incident over the weekend, Ryan? Yeah, so I thought that was perfectly well said because I one thousand percent oh wait, one thousand percent disagree. We need more no! of football. Morgan Finnegan and Andre Johnson, uh, circa 2010, I think it was, or 2009, whatever that was. That was great. I'm a hockey fan. I love this stuff. Beat the hell out of each other. Um, as far as A.J. Green, you get what you deserve. You're a softer version of Demarius Thomas, who's one of the players I call the softest in the league. So uh, you are soft. What has A.J. Green ever battled through anything and, and shown up in a big, tough physical game? Oh, God, he racks up his stats against Cleveland and, and, and the Dolphins and the, and the drugs of the NFL. So um, A.J. Green was actually – it was light, but he actually sh- waved his hand and kind of pushed at Ramsey first. Ramsey turned around and shoved him, and then A.J. And AJ lost his temper. Um, with that said, the suspensions I think are ridiculous. AJ, uh, Mike Evans deserved a game. A.J. Green deserved two games. And uh, Jameis Winston, if you're out of the game injured – Stay the hell on the sidelines. Gotta given his ass a game too. Uh, given the given the person he's been throughout his career, um, don't need to go back to the Florida State stuff. But anyways, um, it was drama and I loved it. it. You know, it was a pretty bad matchup weekend. Uh, so this actually got me interested on Sunday. So so I appreciated it. Well, entertainment wise, sure, I enter- I enjoyed it as much as the next guy. But listen, you know, this is your job, and you got to stay on the t- you got to stay on the field to play. Otherwise, you're not doing your team any favors. That's where I think they went wrong. Obviously, hey, you want to get in the fights, get in the fights. I'm happy to watch that on uh, on air. Love I'm happy it. to watch that on Twitter. But I don't want to see. I, I don't want them hurting their. I don't think they should be hurting their team. They should know better than that. That's my that's my beef with them. That's that's my beef. All right, I hear you. both so teams just suck this year. So what's it really matter at the end of the day? <laughs> well, that's true. They both both teams do suck. That's that's. I can't argue with that. All right, let's go ahead and ring the bell on that one because we have we've uh, spent enough time ranting about that. Let's talk about. The new trades and teams that are popping up here, I mean, there are a lot of surprising trades, and we didn't have a chance to kind of run them down. Uh, two of them haven't played yet. One of them have played going into a bye. So tell me, what do you think about Jimmy Garoppolo, your Jimmy G, going to the San Francisco 49ers? I'm assuming that you're going to have some thoughts on this. You know, at this point, he's really only played or started two games, and he was, you know, okay. I mean, he had one good game against Miami. He had a not-so-good game against uh, – Month Arizona had a QBR rating at 98.9 in, the, in, in one and a 65.5 in the other. So far, he hasn't proven to me he can be a, 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 an everyday starter. But what are your thoughts about Jimmy G and going to San Francisco? Yeah, um, so I, I, I'll be consistent on this. Um, I think the Patriots mismanaged the asset. Um, I thought he was the guy of the future. And to only get a second-round pick and to not even be open to hear trade offers – uh, in the offseason, I think, was, was a huge miss by the Patriots. I think they naively thought, and specifically Belichick, um, that, that he could re-sign and get him to sign a team-friendly bridge deal. 
and that wasn't the case, and, and he was confident that Jimmy would probably do that, and I think that's why he held on to him so long. And so he held on to him too long, and, and the stock dipped, and he sold him low. So I think it's a bad trade. The one little anecdote I want to touch on, um, you know, from, from the John Lynch story, is everyone's like, oh, it's so surprising. I can't, well, look at the balls on him for asking for a trade for Tom Brady. I don't know. If you call and ask for a trade for the backup quarterback and the, and the GM, Bill Belichick on the other side, says uh, we're not entertaining any offers for him, why wouldn't you say, well, that must mean you're trading Brady. You can't keep two starting quarterbacks. So it's not right. that, that's not a wild thing for John Lynch to do. It's a smart thing. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that part was interesting. And at the end of the day, I, I just vehemently disagree with uh, with that take that you had, and, and not not that it's your you know you alone, but I hear a lot of people. He played six quarters. He wasn't even good in the Arizona game. He, he he's going to have some growing pains, and he wasn't great in the Arizona game. He had a nice comeback at the end of that game, and then he lit the world on fire against Miami. But I've been saying this about Jimmy before that. Jimmy in the preseason, and this is coming from years of watching backup quarterbacks, and you know not knowing when Brady's time would end, and looking for the next guy. Of watching guys come in and not have what Jimmy has, and there's an it factor. It's not quantifiable in stats, and you can't measure it over quarters. He has a quick release. He has great pre-snap reads. He's comfortable. He's confident. Watch his body language. Go back and watch those six quarters. He comes out there, commands the offense at the line. He's checking. He's making uh, he's making reads before, calling, identifying the mic in a way that that the Ryan Mallets of the world and the Brian Hoyers never did for the Patriots, or that half the quarterbacks in the league can't do. He was running that Brady offense last year without not not one of those not a dumbed down version where he came in and and he wasn't allowed to audible and he wasn't allowed to make plays. He, you know, he came in and that was his offense. And he commanded it. So from the intangible factor, I think Jimmy G has it. So will it be perfect every game? No. And in that Arizona game, for your first start to be filling in for a suspended Tom Brady on the road on Sunday Night Football in Arizona with a with a pretty good defense at the time. Um, you know, that's a big spot. So I, I think he played well in that game, and I think he gets undersold. So I think this is great for San Francisco. And I think they're, you know, between uh, fleecing, although I do like how Trubisky's look for the most part, but fleecing your Chicago Bears on draft night last year, now swinging Ooh. this move here, I think San Francisco is starting to build towards something here. So I, I think yeah. this is a great move for them. So I totally agree. It's a good move. I think that John Lynch made a great move by picking up uh, Garoppolo here on the chief. But I am just saying that he has not proven to me that he's the guy that he's the guy yet. I mean, I I've seen a lot of him, but we we know that regular season games are different than preseason games, and and I don't know if I'm convinced yet that he's going to be able to carry that team. But I think for the price and what he's done to get him, uh, it's a fantastic deal for the 49ers. I think that they didn't have anything else, and now they have hope. I mean, I I've, I have friends who are out there in the Bay Area, and they are loving life. They think that this is the best thing since sliced bread. So, you know, kudos to him for making a savvy move at this part of the season on a lost season for the 49ers, looking into the future, not depending on trying to draft the next quarterback next year, grabbing an asset now on the cheap. I think it was a terrific move on their part, and I agree. I think the, uh, the Patriots actually sold low on him. Let's move on to the next guy. That's Kelvin Benjamin. And he, of course, went to the Buffalo Bills. And he has not started yet because he was not there in time in order to be active for the Thursday night game. He hadn't learned any of the playbook yet. He has had uh, what we might call a down year. And he's had a down year two years in a row. He did have a fantastic year in 2014. And, of course, he had a lost season in 2015 due to injury. I don't know what to expect there. But, you know, those Bills are starting to look pretty good. What do you think about Kelvin Benjamin going over to the Bills? So I'll say a couple things. Um, the Bills are still losers in their DNA, and and I say that because you get to, oh, wow. to five and two, and uh, 
you know, it, it's a chance to make a statement, go beat a division rival on the road who, who's been competitive and scrappy this year, but not a very good team in the Jets. And you lose that game, and you lost it in an uncompetitive fashion. That is Buffalo Bill football 101. You know, every time that it looks like you might be good, you still suck. Um, so, so enjoy that, Bills Mafia. That's one. Um, two, you know, when I first looked at this trade, I said, wow. You know, that defense is legit. Uh, Sean McDermott might be a bit of a, you know, wild card to somebody that I, I underestimated. And then I start to look at Tyrod's been pretty good, right? And now you add Kelvin Benjamin, and you get Charles Clay coming back, and you got LaShawn McCoy and Jordan Matthews. And, and so I start to, you know, Zay Jones, the rookie, and I start to look at it and go, Whew, they're looking pretty good at the skill positions, but I have to be consistent, Haku. I've said, and i got proven <laughs> right, so I'm not going to fall okay. into this trap. This trap. Right. I said for years, there's something wrong with Kelvin Benjamin, and whether it's a diva, throw me the ball, whatever it is, he makes the Carolina offense worse. And I've said it, and if you don't believe me, the Carolina Panthers, with a winning record, with a chance to win the NFC South, just traded their number one receiver at the deadline. So that's, that's all the proof you need. Whether or not we get the dirt that comes out of Carolina, I don't know. But all the yeah. proof you needed, you just got. You don't make that trade. You don't trade away that player if you don't believe in him. And Carolina yeah. said, we're, they looked around sober, whatever they were, 5-2 and two at the point, and said, eh, don't need him. We're better off without yeah. him, 4-3, whatever they were. A winning record, chance to win the division, and they traded him, which means he is, he is something. It must be a locker room chemistry thing or the, the me-first, deeper-receiver mentality, he is bad for football. So I can't turn around and say now that this is a good move for the Bills because I don't believe in the guy. So I'm going to well, stay I consistent. I, I don't, I don't think it's I, mean, I might have to disagree a little bit there. I have to say, like, you know, I think, I think Kelvin Benjamin might just need a change of scenery. I mean, there is obviously bad blood between him and the Carolina Panthers. I don't know where it came into. I don't know what he did. And it could be just being the diva receiver, as you say. But, you know, they really don't have a true number one out there in Buffalo – and, you know, this could be something that could, he could flourish in. It's a new start for him. It could be something that could help him. I, I, I'm not saying it's going to be good, but I'm just saying that it can't hurt to give it a try. And the Bills are definitely going for broke this year, so why not? You know, why not with Kelvin Benjamin? It, it doesn't work. You know, let him go. Just get rid of him. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a bad move uh, on their part. I just think that until, until he proves me otherwise, you know, I'm going yeah. to keep dying on my hill. I've been first to market with this take, and I'm not <laughs> walking away now. The stock's yeah. rising, baby. I'm, I'm going to play I, this one out. I agree. I, I, I agree. You are absolutely, if nothing else, you are absolutely consistent, Ryan. So I totally agree with that. Let's go on to Jay Ajayi. He's uh, now on the Philadelphia Eagles getting off that toxic Miami Dolphins team. Although, strangely enough, Kenyon Drake actually did pretty well in Ajayi's absence. What are your, what are your thoughts about Jay Ajayi coming back and actually being something in Philadelphia? He did have a nice start there. Eight carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Is he going to build on that, or is this the end of Jay Ajayi? I, I, I got to find out what charities Jay Ajayi is part of or, or what goodwill he's put down into the universe because I want some of that. This man <laughs> just got traded off of a, a team um, that continually every year is sold to me as the team on the rise and the team that's going to make um, the next move and, you know, they make the playoffs last year and then somehow come back worse than ever this year. And don't give me the Jay Cutler thing because Jay Cutler sucks, but so does Ryan Tannehill. So this team was yeah. never about their about their quarterback. Um and so this man just fell into the lottery. Uh, you know me. I'm I'm all in on Philadelphia right now. And <laughs> they just went upgraded at running back. Because you know the yeah. one sucks. I, I've, I've told oh, you enough yeah. times by now. You have to know. He sucks. He's fat. He's old. Totally agree he's with slow. That. Yep. 
man, and he's not effective until he gets 10 yards of steam, um, which unfortunately takes uh, 40 seconds. So uh, <laughs> this is a huge upgrade for them. He doesn't even know the playbook, and yeah, the stats are a little misleading because what it was like a 60-yard touchdown run, or it was a huge yeah, touchdown right. he had last week. Yeah, 46 so, you yards. Know, obviously, I think, right, and he, he totaled out somewhere in like 80 range, I think you just said, and I forget what it yeah, was. Yeah, 77, now, but, right. It, it was basically – yeah, it was basically like four carries averaging three yards per carry and then one massive carry, so it all gets skewed. But Newell doesn't really know the offense, midweek trade, um, so it's going to take some time to get him up and running. That's what he does in his first game in this offense. Now he's got the bye week. He's going to come back after that. Talk about going for broke. Philadelphia Eagles said, uh, we're, going for the, we're going for the ring. We're finally going to get one this year. And, uh, yep. you know, obviously as a Patriots fan, I hope not. But, uh, you know, I, I have them far and away the best team in the NFC right now. I am really loving my 10 to one ticket that I bought over in Vegas now for the Eagles taking the Super Bowl. I'm feeling really good about that right now. Let me tell you, I love this ad. That's the one thing they had a problem with and they fixed it. I, I love it. I can't wait to see what they look like coming out of the buy. All right, let's go ahead and ring the bell on this one and move on to our next topic. That's our midseason fantasy football bus. So quickly give us your midseason fantasy football bus. Cause we uh, talked about the MVPs, but there are some guys out there that we drafted that totally sunk our teams. Get us started. What do you think? Yes. So I, I'm going to take the number one obvious one, right? And, and because he, he bleeped me over in multiple leagues, David Johnson with the wrist injury out in week yeah. one. Um, you know, that's – it's tough to lose any guy to an injury, but to lose him in the third quarter of the opening week, uh, yeah. especially somebody that if you're in an auction league, I know you paid a pretty penny for. And uh, if, you're in a, if you're just in a keeper league, um, which is another type of league I kept him in, um, burning a keeper spot on him, uh, you know, just devastating. And, you know, it's one of those ones that if you can withstand it, you might get him back for the playoffs. Um, but he might, you know, he didn't go out for the – he's not out for the full year, but it might be just long enough to, to, to screw you over. So, David Johnson, yeah. my number one. Yeah, and my number one actually is going to be DeMarco Murray because at least David Johnson had the uh, – managed to get himself injured and off the field so he didn't have to play him anymore. DeMarco Murray, you draft – most people drafted in the second round, and he has been – Horrendous. I mean, like, he's had a couple good games. I guess in, in week three, he managed to put up 115 yards and a touchdown. But then before that, 44 yards, zero touchdowns. 25 yards, zero touchdowns. After that, 31 yards, zero touchdowns. 58 yards, zero touchdowns. 59, 19, zero touchdowns. What? Where's the production? Now, I know part of it is injury. Part of it is Derrick Henry. Part of it is, you know, Marcus Marietta being injured. But, oh, my gosh, for a second-round draft pick, he is a, he's been terrible. And he doesn't have the consideration to get himself on the bench and get him out of their lineup. So you feel compelled to hold on to him. And that's almost worse than taking David Johnson. At least he's he cleared out. Who is your number two bust of the, of the season so far? Yeah, um, Amari Cooper can uh, kick rocks. So he's my number two. And <laughs> okay. for a really frustrating reason, um, being that, you know, so I have him in, in one league in particular. And uh, he's been garbage all season. And then... You know, I, I think it was three weeks ago now, um, you know, that crazy game against Kent City. I'm coming into yep. it and I say, okay, I cannot buy on Amari Cooper anymore. And he's going against the Chiefs secondary. I'm going to bench his ass. Two touchdowns, 160 yards on like 10 receptions. And he just goes off. <laughs> so then I put yep. him in the last two weeks and he's gone back in the tank again. So I've literally yep. sat him once this year. And it was the one game he went off. And he is just the most, and, I, and I'm so terrified and so in my own damn head now that I know if I bench yep. him again, he's going to do it again. So now I just keep riding him out for, for his five points a week. So, Amari yeah, Cooper, please, please let me know when you bench him, him so I'll play him when you bench him. How's that? Yeah. That way I can kind of benefit off of your action. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Sounds good. Teamwork. I love it. Uh, my big, bu- my second big bust, and you're going to love this one, is Matt Ryan. Of course, he was uh, ADP in the sixth round, and he's been nothing like he was last year. Uh, obviously terrible. I did not draft him in any league, so do not take it out on me. Do not make fun of me on this. But I think a lot of uh, fantasy football players expected a lot more out of him. Uh, he has 11 touchdowns so far and seven interceptions. Uh, it is looking really bleak for Matt Ryan. Okay. Let's, uh, any, any last guys you want to bring up before we go to DFS? Yep, last one I'll throw out there is the same one who uh, he's in the same receiving core on the same team for me as Amari Cooper, Terrell Pryor. What a bust. That guy couldn't even get on the field two weeks ago on Monday Night Football. He played like three snaps in that game. I needed one mm-hmm. point that night to win, and I actually ended up getting it because he caught one ball for like three yards. But uh, God, has he been a bust this year. Yeah, yeah. The Redskins have been pretty terrible uh, on, on, as far as their wide receivers have been concerned. It's just not been good for them. And Terrell Pryor has been a disaster, absolute disaster. And I'll throw out my one last one, and that's C.J. Anderson. He was being drafted around the fourth and fifth round, and he has been giving you zero value whatsoever. He did have, again, one big game in the second week, but after that, 36 yards, 17, 44, 78, 13, no touchdowns. It's a disaster. I wish he would just get himself benched, too, so that I don't have to keep carrying him around. Devontae Booker is starting to out-touch him. What a mess over there in Denver. All right, let's ring the bell and move on to our last topic, and that's going to be DFS plays. We're going to have to move our division picks until next week because we're running short on time. So why don't you go ahead and give us your DFS plays of the week here, Ryan? Ryan, DFS plays of the week. Looks like we almost made it without technical difficulties. Ryan, are you still there? Yes, I am. I had you on mute here. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was entertaining. Thank you for that. Oh, I, if you don't want to hear man. me, I, I know, then just, you know, you can turn me off later. But, you know, for the rest of the show. <laughs> so DFS <laughs> plays. Yeah, so DFS plays. I was just explaining to myself, apparently, um, that, you know, I've uh, <laughs> been running around for here, so I didn't have time to really do... Uh, research on the money values, so feel free to fill people in. Uh, but yep. I'm just going to give you a couple of my plays that I like here. Um, I really like uh, the Pittsburgh matchup against Indianapolis this week, obviously, oh, right? Yeah. So um, I'm taking Pittsburgh's defense, number one pass defense in football, uh, going against, you know, a, a horrible offense um, and, a, you know, a spotty passing game. So I like them big. I like Antonio Brown matched up against whoever it is, Darius Butler um, or uh, Davis there, who they were, uh, Vontes, uh Fonte Davis, who they were trying to trade before the deadline. Um, so I like those two's matchup. Um, and then I really, really like this week uh, Amir Abdullah going against Cleveland. Wow. I know he had the fumbles last week, and he survived the benching. Uh, but I, but I, I like him. I like him big this week against Cleveland. So I'll take anybody against Cleveland. And uh, uh, you know, without looking at it in front of me, I would assume Amir Abdullah is pretty cheap on the on the DFS plays this week. Now so, only forty five hundred at the untapped game for now uh, for Amir Abdullah. Yeah, I take so forty five hundred as my RB two. And of course, Antonio Brown at ninety five hundred, uh, probably the second most expensive guy, and Le'Veon Bell the most expensive guy at ninety eight hundred. I think both of those great plays still, even if you even if to pay up. And I actually like Ben Roethlisberger in that too. I think he's going to bounce back uh, now. It's, it's, he's only 6,600. So I like him as well. I will uh, throw out a couple of quick ones real quick as we run short on time here. Uh, and that is Jared Goff. I'm actually having a little more confidence in him now. He's only 6,700. 
playing a Houston defense is all kind of messed up now. He did a really terrific outing last week against the Giants. Um, and I think that uh, I think he has something going here. I think he's actually got a good connection with Woods, and I think he's got a good connection there with a lot of others, and really catches passes. So we're a good one. I also like Joe Mixon against Tennessee, only 4,900. He's the 10th price running back on DraftKings. I like him a lot. Uh, he's been actually getting a tons and tons of uh, touches. So I think that he that will continue going on uh, into this week. And of course, Jeremy Hill is also injured, so there's a possibility of the problem there. And then, uh, as my, my pick of the week, the New York Jets defense. It's not really that good, but they're playing at Tampa Bay. They're only 2800 on DraftKings. They're really, really cheap. No Jameis Winston, no Mike Evans, Brian Fitzpatrick, turnover machine. And, of course, they're familiar with how he plays. So I think that they're going to be able to pick him up and take him apart, and that will not be difficult for them to do. And you can get them for dirt, dirt, dirt cheap and pay up elsewhere, get those guys uh, playing for Pittsburgh that Ryan pointed out in your lineup. All right, so we'll do division picks next week. Ryan, why don't you give us your Instagram and your uh, and your Twitter so people can follow you. Yep, so it's uh, Instagram is at, uh, at football underscore garbage underscore time. Twitter's at Ryan Whitfield any. And quick shout-out to my boys at DraftingSleepers.com, the social network for fantasy sports. Excellent. And of course, tune into our website, uh, 12 Men on the Field, of course, by Ryan every week. You can check that out. You can check out my, my uh, waiver wire pickups and waiver favors. Comes out every week. And of course, I'll have my DFS lineups out there as well. By Friday, you can copy my DFS lineups. I'm at cash, cashing in at over 75%. So you want to win? Go ahead and copy my lineups. I, I ask you to do that. And you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Until next week, enjoy your NFL. Week. I've been slacking on the ball down the field, but we'll be an article out this week. That's my guess. Oh, yeah. Everybody tune in and figure it out. And check it out. Keep them honest, everybody. Tweet at them. <laughs>